Hello everyone and welcome to Nerding in the Deep. I'm Valerie. And I'm Carlos. And we are returning with more board games. More board games, but this time middle level. Yeah, so if, for those of you who don't know, we did an episode last season about easy introductory board games. Mm-hmm. But now we're taking it to the next level. Next level. <laughs> Although I don't know if we have the greatest timing of all time or the worst timing of all time. Because we are doing this episode, so we are doing it thinking that it's before Christmas. Great moment for presents. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we are releasing it in the same weekend that Black Friday is off. Yeah, sorry guys. <laughs> <laughs> Our bad. <laughs> so, worst timing, best timing at the same time. Yeah, and um, some of the board games that will be on the list maybe already have. Yes, yes. Some of them are pretty common. Some of them are a little bit less common. Mm -hmm. But anyway, they are really good games to take the next step, as you said. So yeah, if you played any of the games from our original episode, let us know at our Twitter or X. I'm never going to get used to calling it X. (laughs) At Nerding Deep. But we're going to start going into the next step of our medium-level board games. Yeah, we have decided to divide them in three sections just because I feel that or we felt that it was more natural. In this case it's kind of like co-op games or games that you can play with someone, make a team and play you know against the circumstances of, of the game. Then we have a game that is a mixture between a co-op and competitive, we'll explain a little bit more later. And finally we'll finish with those competitive games that everyone loves to break their families, friendships. Yeah. Averages, um, whatever. Yeah, it's the like the divorce game. <laughs> like Monopoly. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. So we're going to kick off with our first co-op game, which is Stardew Valley. Yeah, Stardew Valley. That, by the way, I was very surprised when I heard that Stardew Valley, the video game, had a board game. Yeah, apparently, you were excited yeah. for Stardew Valley fans. Yes, Appar- apparently it came out out of a Kickstarter and everything went pretty well. At the beginning, it was very difficult to get a copy. But nowadays it's more easy. You can find it usually in your board game shop or even in Amazon. It's not that difficult to, to find and, and get a copy of this amazing board game. Mm. Great game to play with the Stardew Valley soundtrack in the background. Yeah, very calming. Yeah. I think it's like even though you're like trying to build resources in this mm-hmm. game, which is a pretty common theme around medium level mm-hmm. games. I feel like it's a lot more chill just because of the artwork and like you yes. said, if you want to put the Stardew Valley video game soundtrack on. Yes. I think it's a good addition. <laughs> it, it is a good addition. It makes a little bit about, you know, the the atmosphere when mm. you are playing. The game is great. It has a lot of things. It really brings the video game into a board game. Yeah. So that means that, of course, it's going to have a lot of rules. or a, And that's what it makes it a little bit complicated because at the end, the premise of the game is very simple. But at the same time, it has a lot of rules. So you have the same as in the video game, different animals. You have to go to the mine, you have the fish, you have the crops. Mm-hmm. Uh, you even have to make the friendships with the yeah. inhabitants of the, of the town. So it has exactly the same as the video game, but in a board game, which means that it can be a little bit overwhelming. Mm. Yeah, the, setup can be a bit overwhelming, but when you start to actually get into the game, it's, it's pretty simple. And, and that's what mostly of these games of mm. medium level have in their characteristics. It's the, that kind of game that you open the box for the first time and you see a booklet of 20 pages or even more, and it's like, oh my god, now I have to read all, uh, to read all this. Yeah. And usually it's what is happening and what happens with Stardew Valley and Stardew Valley can set you back a little bit at the beginning when you think 
wow, this is going to take a lot. And then when you go forward, it, it goes pretty organically. Yeah, and I think we started with this one just because we know so many people will be familiar with the video game. So that'll kind of help you click with all the instructions, because if you are familiar with the video game, it will help you understand what the board game rules are. Completely. Very beautiful game. The style is exactly the same. So yeah, it's like if you love the video game and you have other people that love the video game, mm. I think that you are going to enjoy it. And even if you want to play with kids. Yeah, it's uh, kid safe. Yeah, I think it's very kid safe and it's very easy to play with a kid. And Younger kids, I think it would be a bit too difficult for, mm -hmm. but definitely when you're getting like seven years up, I think you're you're fine. You would be able to catch on after a while. It's two to four players as well, mm -hmm. so your average family will, will be able to do it. If not, you can team up. Yeah, but it, that's it. It's one of the beautiful games that you can team mm -hmm. and try to go through the different seasons mm -hmm. and try to get as much money as you yeah. can. You can do. fight over which role you want to be. Yeah, yeah. That, that's mostly all the fight that you will have. But of course, in this game, you, every one of you will have, in order to maximize the earnings, you mm. will have to divide. One will have to be the one that goes to the mine. Other will have to go fishing. Others or, like growing. Yeah, stuff. growing or going to the shop to sell mm -hmm. the stuff. So usually it's that kind of game that you have really to divide your tasks. Yeah, you have to work together and really think about the most efficient way to do things. Exactly. Talking about efficient way to do things, I think that that's something that you really, really, really need to do in Pandemic. Oh God, yes. Yeah. So Pandemic is our next game. It got very popular during COVID, mm -hmm. simply because of its name. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's been around for a really long time. Mm -hmm. It also has different types. It has different expansions, so you can add on to it. The original game is two to four players. Some people would think that it's easy, and I just disagree, simply because it's very overwhelming the first few times you play it. It's very difficult to beat the game together, especially the first few times you play it. You will play it wrong the first few times because the rules can be a bit tricky. Mm -hmm. Depending on the order of the cards that you draw, it can go very fast or be very long. Yes. I'm not selling it, am I? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that Pandemic is one of those games that it brings you to the next level. It is, apart from difficult and it depends a lot and you will make a lot of mistakes, I think that you forgot something that it is very unforgiving. Yeah. Like if you make one a... mistake and you could lose the whole game. Exactly. The game is going to be punishing you for every kind of like single mistake that you are doing. Pandemic, it's a lot of fun. It is. If you organize yourselves, it is great. Mm. Again, very dependent on the order of the cards that appear. Sometimes it really can annoy you, the, you know, the randomness. Or... Mm. But still, I think that it's a game that has a lot of replayability mm. because every single moment is going to be different. Yeah. But apart from that, it, have, it is one of those games that it has thousands of expansions, mm -hmm. which it means that if you really, really, really like the game, you are going to enjoy playing the different expansions. Yeah, there's, the expansions kind of keep it fresh and the fact that the game is different every time you play it. Exactly, you can always... And I think that if I'm not mistaken, you have different characters that have yeah. kind of like different, different abilities. Roles. Yeah. So in, instead of sticking with the same character all the time, of mm. course, one of the best things is that go and it's change right. different yeah, so right. i want to I, I want to try this character or randomizing mm. every time we pick a different character so that's gonna bring you a lot of you know replayability yeah i think it's i wouldn't maybe recommend it being the first medium game that you play 
just because you will find yourself hogging the rules for the mm -hmm. first few attempts at playing. But it is really fun. Really do try stick with it. You will start to enjoy it. It just has a bit of a learning curve. Yeah, one of those games that is maybe easy to start learning, difficult to master. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I think that is that. You are going to, as you said, read a lot of the rules. Oh, oh now it's happening this. What I had to do yeah, here. Yeah. Or, or sometimes it will happen. And you mentioned that you, you will commit mistakes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just like, I remember that if this happens, the virus is going to reproduce and going to spread. But because this character is in this city that has this ability, it doesn't avoid to, to spread. So it has a lot of nitpicking yeah. that it will make you commit mistakes. The The game itself, not very, very difficult, but it has a lot of nitpicking. So you will have to pay attention to a lot of things at the beginning. So that's why we decided to put it in medium. Yeah. And then you always have that one person that maybe wants to troll and like actually let the game win. <laughs> so If the game wasn't difficult. If know. it wasn't difficult enough. So watch out for the trolls. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Go on to a slightly easier game, depending who you're playing with again. But this is not about trolls. This is about people that has no imagination whatsoever, or that likes to think very specially. Or not even specially. Like if if you're playing this game with people who think very differently from each yes. other, this game can quickly become more difficult. But it can. That, that apart apart from that, it becomes very fun I, I have laughed a lot with this game yeah so f uh, the game we're talking about is mysterium park shout out to fernando who yeah. brought it over when he was visiting us and we had a lot of fun playing we it. had a lot of fun the game is from two to six players we play it with three players the mm. three of us we play it with two players and to be honest the game of course the game is the more the merrier yeah but it's still playable with two players mm -hmm. so basically the game is that it has been um a murder in a kind of like a circus area. There's a murder in Savannah. In Savannah, but in this case in a park. Yeah. That is yeah. in Savannah, maybe. I don't know. We don't well, know. Well, like the office will yeah. <laughs> And there has been a murder. And of course, you have to guess the murderer and... The location. The location. In this case, it is kind of similar to Cluedo, mm -hmm. but it's more similar to Cluedo, the board game. The, yeah. the Mysterium Park is a card game. If you've ever played the game Dixit, it's like if Cluedo and Dixit came together and had a baby, you get Mysterium Park. Exactly, exactly. You have Mysterium Park or the board game Mysterium. Mm -hmm. But at the at the end is is that you you will have the players and then you will have one of those players is a ghost mm -hmm. that gives Ooh. hints. Ooh. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> maybe we should have included this in the Halloween episode. <laughs> maybe, maybe. It, it, it includes a ghost that that's the person that is gonna give hints that yeah. person know who knows who is the murderer and where it happened. and where it happened but they cannot talk yeah so they communicate with you in cards mm -hmm. that have different images on it and they're trying to give you images that correlate with who did it and where these aren't specific images that are very telling they're not like no. obvious in any way so you kind of have to try and guess what type of interpretation they're giving you because it's just like random images on cards so mm -hmm. it could be they're trying to say oh the color of this card is kind of similar to the location or the there's a hat in this card and the person who did it was wearing a hat and those are the easy bits yeah. that you can maybe put together so it, we've played it the three of us i remember having a lot of laughs because me and fernando were thinking very similarly but you were completely on another planet to yes. us. Yes. but that was most of the fun like when the, we failed the game 
and <laughs> you were trying to explain to us how you thought the card correlated to the person you picked. Like, that's half the fun. We yeah, laughed that, that, so much. <laughs> and I remember there was this card that it was a house with eyes and ears and a mustache yeah. and that did it was impossible to mix it with anything yeah, else. Yeah, so it was always like the, the troll card. Like. Kind of like, I don't know what to play. I don't have any good card to play. So I'm just <laughs> playing the card with the... With the mustache house. Yeah, <laughs> mustache house. It, it, was, it is a lot of fun. Mm. And I think it's one of those games that if you don't take things very seriously, because I can understand that people may get some a little bit frustrated yeah. if they are not understood mm -hmm. or, if the, or, the, or if the ghost they are giving you clues that you are not completely really... lost exactly so i can understand why people can get frustrated but if you really lay lay back mm. and y you want to have some laughs I, I think that for two to six players yeah uh, it's a it's a good group to mix and try to to guess that and, and, and i think it's it's a lot of fun when what, what you are saying when the other person is like when when one or another have you ever played these kind of games that someone is drawing mm -hmm. and the others have to guess what it is and oh, like, pictionary or something like yeah. that right and and it's like how that correlates to the image is like yeah. well because here you can see the the whatever yeah so something similar is like how this card correlates with I remember that, for example, there's a there's a clown, and yeah. how is this card that is all red but doesn't have anything with clowns correlates with the clown? And someone will be like, "Oh, because red is the nose of the clown." And it's like, <laughs> oh my God, it's like, yeah, such imagination, kind of like. Yeah. I think it's, it's really a, yeah, really it's, fun a, game. it's a lot of fun. Like I played Dixit many years ago, which has a very similar concept, except you're just trying to kind of tell a story with mm -hmm. images. And I came to play a serious game. And I started playing that and I was so bad at it, I got very frustrated. So if you're in that type of mood for playing, do not play this game. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's fun. It's fun. And again, this is Mysterium Park is the simplified version. Yes. is with cards. If you play Mysterium, Mysterium is the board game. It's not in a park. It's not in a circus. It's more in a mansion. Mm -hmm. And it's more similar to Cluedo because it has an extra layer. Mm -hmm. So in Mysterium, it's, as we said, the place and the perpetrator, the perpetrator, yeah, the murderer, and in Mysterium, the board game is those two, plus those two the, plus the weapon. Yeah, the weapon. So you have an extra layer there to guess. Imagine that more fun also with an extra layer. Yeah, yeah. So those are our co cooperative games. Mm -hmm. If you think about any cooperative games that we have missed. Hey, we would like to hear from you in our X or Twitter, wherever, damn you, Elon Musk. But <laughs> Don't come after us, Elon Musk. <laughs> no, please. Uh, we need a sponsorship now. <laughs> but yeah, we those are the cooperative games mm -hmm. that we thought. If you think about anyone, please tell us, because we love to play cooperative games, as we mentioned, for example, in our beginners that we love to play others. Mm -hmm. So now we go to one that is a mix. Yeah. Why it's a mix and which game we are talking about. So we're talking about Betrayal at the House on the Hill. This is my favorite game. Of all time. Of all time. My favorite board game. Um, I literally drove my old housemates mad making them play it like every week with me. <laughs> well, when I started dating you, we played that almost every weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little obsessed. We haven't actually played it in a while. In a while. But because we haven't found people, maybe we have to grab I've some bored, friends. Yeah. I've bored everyone with this. Yeah. They're like, oh God, Valerie, please. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason that this is kind of a mix is you start off the game as all the players, which by the way, it's a three to six player game. Yes. You're all cooperative. Yes. But then depending on the cards um, that are drawn, well, the tiles that mm -hmm. are drawn, it enacts the betrayer scenario. And it's different scenarios depending how 
the betrayal was mm-hmm. an- enacted. So there are very few scenarios where you all stay cooperative, but there are some. And then usually the main thing is that one person becomes the betrayer. Mm-hmm. So they get their own little booklet. They'll get the reference number of what scenario is playing out and they go off into a room for a few minutes while the cooperative people get their booklet and get their side of the scenario and they fight against each other when they come back. Yeah. Now, there are other scenarios where, again, the betrayer can make start to make other people betrayers. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's a, a bit of a mix yes. on whether this is a co-op game or a competitive game. But the, for the majority, the, the most likely scenario is one betrayer and then the rest cooperative. Yeah. This game is for if you like haunted houses of mm. stories, if you like stories about silly teenagers that go inside the house, if you like a Scooby-Doo stories, then yeah. this game is for you. It's a game, as you said, a team of teenagers. Well, there are two kids. No, no, it's not teen. It's kind of, you have a mix. You have teenagers, teenagers you have kids, they, you have are... an old man. Ah, true, yeah. true. I forgot about the old man. Well, any, anyway, a group of people, they go inside a mansion. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the important things. Every single one of the characters, it also has its own abilities. Well, abilities, skills. One is more strong, other is more fast, other is um, more intelligent. Yeah. That, that will create problems or benefits along the way because some will have easier to for example if there are hallucinations Mm. some players can resist more than another if a player gets stuck if they are stronger they can break Mm -hmm. the so it is a lot of fun there are a lot of objects which also helps a lot with replayability and there are a lot of scenarios in those booklets. It's not a booklet of five scenarios. No, no. Yeah. There are tons of them. And there are expansions as well yeah. that adds on to the, the scenarios yeah. you can get. One of the things that I wanted to mention here is that we have decided Betrayal as a medium game because it's a ve- it's very dependent on the scenario. Yeah. So depending on the scenario, Betrayal can become very easy. Mm-hmm. But there and are some... over quickly. Yes. But there are some scenarios that they are even difficult to understand sometimes. Yeah, so sometimes the instructions aren't particularly clear in some of the scenarios. And then, especially if you're like at max capacity players, so you've mm-hmm. six players and you get a particularly long-winded scenario, like you could be there for hours. Yes. Like it's if you check online, it'll tell you it's about an hour play. Yeah. And most of the time you will stick to that, but there are just a couple that you could be there for like three hours and you'll start to get tired and frustrated and you're like, I need this to end. Yes, yes. Still loads of fun. Mm. And as you said, has expansion. The expansion brings you, if I'm not mistaken, new rooms, yeah. new scenarios. Yeah. So Because that's one of the fun thing about the game. So you start off with the, the lobby and then every player decides to like... Wander around. Wander around and you um, get tiles to reveal what room comes next. And it's different every time. So that's another thing I like about it. Also, if you get frustrated about movies of the group of heroes getting separated in a haunted house and you are like, why these people is doing this? In Betrayal, you are going to be doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Because like you said, depending on the the character you're playing, they have different roles depending on the scenario. So sometimes it's better to split up. Yeah. Uh, but it's it, such a fun game. Yeah. Sometimes you don't want to be close to another character because it's like, what happens if this person is going to be the betrayer? Yeah, so exactly. You're playing cooperative, trying to gather as many objects as you can, trying to distribute everything nice. But then be careful because once the betrayer comes out, if the yeah. betrayer is the one that has the good of, uh, objects. Yeah. You're like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of fun to, to play yeah. this game. I, I have had loads of fun playing it. 
And as you said, it can be for a quick afternoon, mm. one hour game. Great. Sometimes it can become longer. But anyway, it, has, it is a game that also, as you said, every time that you are walking, you discover different tiles. So not even the map mm -hmm. is all the times the same. Yeah. And, and that makes it great because every time that you play is, let's see yeah. what is going to happen. Of course, it gets a moment that when you have played five, six, seven games, more or less, you know, the objects and the tiles, the potential, rooms. Uh, the potential rooms and all that stuff. But still, it has a lot of replayability because as we, as we said, the scenarios, even when they get repeated, because the betrayer is not always the same person. Yeah. And then if you have played as much of I as I have, you've done all the scenarios in the original game, just go get an expansion. And there you go. More scenarios mm -hmm. and more fun. Yep. Uh, I love the game. Only bad thing I could say about it is that there are sometimes that in some scenarios, apart from the ones that we said they are extra complicated, I feel that sometimes or the betrayer has a lot of advantage mm. or sometimes it's the other way around. The players yeah. have a lot of advantage. And I, I also think if it's your first time playing the game and you become the betrayer the very first time, that can be a little bit difficult. Yeah. Like ideally the first time or two that you play, you want to be on the co-op side. But you never know who is going to yeah, be. Yeah, you can't predict it. So when was, that's one of the fun things. You never know who is going to be the betrayer. Mm. The main problem is that if you want to let the noob <laughs> of the group not be the betrayer, that's something that you cannot avoid because the the the, the betrayer is going to be chosen at, at random mm. depending on what is happening. Yeah, but the, uh, most of the instructions are clear enough mm -hmm. that you just take your time. Like I said, you usually go into another room to read through your scenario as the betrayer. So like, don't let anyone rush you. Like, Take your time to read everything. Kind of try formulate a bit of a plan. If you need to come back into the room... To like look at where the tiles are set yes. out, ask to do that, you know, just take your time and you'll get used to it to the point that you probably want to be the betrayer in future games. Yeah. This game, apart from the people that I mentioned that is good for, I also think that is good for people that likes role-play games. Yes. But they are not super complicated yeah. like Dungeons and Dragons mm. or Order. This one is because you have, as we said, your character has its skills, its point of skills, has also its objects. Mm. It, it's similar to yeah. I would also mention that this game probably isn't very safe for young kids. It is like more horror themed. So mm -hmm. yeah, probably you want to... Um, early teenagers. Or yeah, early, early teenagers, teenagers I think is fun. Yeah. So we have the cop. We have the mix. Now it's into the battle games. The ba competitive games. <laughs> exactly. The, the let's gonna fight against each other and let's gonna ruin our friendship or marriage or family bond yeah. whatever it is or <laughs> if you just met a person for the first time it's like don't play these exactly <laughs> so the first one that we picked is citadels from two to eight players i mentioned citadels in the previous episode when i mentioned it i said that it was one of the games that introduced me more into board games mm. it's very popular it's very well known mm -hmm. and if it was one of my games of introduction i wouldn't say that it's 100% an easy game. No. It's not it's not super difficult, mm -hmm. but you have to strategize so much that it it makes it more complicated. Yeah, if you're not used to playing strategy games, then that this is kind of why we put it in in medium level cuz it's good introductory strategy game, mm -hmm. but it is a little bit on the tougher side. Exactly. So in the medium light, I would yeah. say. In Citadels, every single person will have to build their city. In order to do that, they get coins, and every every different round, every person will choose a different character. Mm. These characters can do everything from 
stealing, to killing another character that it might be on the board, to build faster, mm -hmm. to destroy buildings of other players. It can be mostly everything. Or, for example, I th if I'm not mistaken, there was also the bishop that gets more money from the religious buildings that you have built, for example. Mm -hmm. So... At the end, if I'm not mistaken, in order to build your city, you need to have seven buildings. Mm -hmm. The person that builds seven buildings is the winner. Yeah. Every round, every person will choose different characters. So that means that you have to strategize because there are characters that are really good. Maybe what we could say for the early game. Yeah. And then there are characters that are better to the late game in order to avoid that they destroy your, uh, your, your city stuff. or yeah. your stuff and all that stuff. Also, every building may have their own abilities. There are buildings that give you more points at the end of the game because of whatever reason. There are, for example, there are, I don't, I, I think there was one that is one called a wonder. Mm -hmm. And then depending on how much wonder you had, you, you got more points yeah. or how many libraries or uh, war buildings like barracks yeah. and all that stuff. It's like we said uh, at the beginning of the episode, like a lot of these medium level games tend to geared towards resource mm -hmm. games so collecting resources building things getting different points from that a lot of the games on this list will will kind of be in that yes focus. yes and citadels is one of those games yeah. the cool thing is that no one when you are picking up the characters no one knows which, char which character are you picking mm. so for example when you are the assassin you don't point a person and you are like oh i'm killing this person yeah. no no no. you have to pick up a character yeah. and maybe that character hasn't been picked or maybe a character has been picked by yeah. and that is uh, part of the fun mm. and i think that it's not one of those games that is gonna make you hate each other too much this one is kind of like more simpler but it can create some frustration sometimes yeah. especially if you um are again playing with a character a person who kind of aim in the game is not to win it but to make everyone else lose mm -hmm. uh, we have a friend that loves to do that yeah. <laughs> so yeah watch out for those types of people which and they make the game fun yes. not bashing the troll players but like if you've built up a lot of resources and then they screw you over last mm -hmm. minute it's like oh god i hate this person yeah <laughs> but one of the most beautiful thing about citadels before we go to the next game is that it's from two to eight players so great game to play with. with a big group though it does make the rounds a bit long if yes. you have the full eight players but if you have the time it's still a yeah. really good and if i'm not mistaken it also has kind of like an expansion so when you have got tired of the base game the base game you can jump into citadels um just for recommendation i think that there are two kinds of citadels one is more board game that is kind of like the very old one mm -hmm. and then the most modern versions is kind of like a card game yeah. in a long box I recommend the card game. It's very easy to bring with you. Yeah. It, it, and it, at the end, it has exactly yeah. the same. If you're traveling home for Christmas and you have a nice big family you're having dinner with, maybe when you're stuffed and mm -hmm. kind of just finished dessert, you could bring out Citadels. Yeah, Citadels is, is fun. Yeah. yeah. So the next game we're talking about is another kind of resource building game. Mm -hmm. It's called Seven Wonders. Yep. This could have very easily have made our light 
kind of introductory games because the gameplay itself is very simple. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it fits kind of best in the medium light category just because it's one of those, again, that the instructions can be a little overwhelming. At the I think start. it suffers, yeah, from the same thing that Stardew Valley. Yeah. That you open the box and you see that the instructions of 20 pages and it's like... Ah. Yeah. <laughs> it is really good and it's one of those games as well that has like an easier version and then when you've kind of mastered that you can flip the boards over and you have a slightly harder version mm-hmm. so it's one of those games you can grow with yes seven wonders i love it I, I lo- it's, a, it's one of my top games at the moment when we started playing it it was one of those games that we bought i think we bought for my brother at the beginning yeah and we wanted to to try it and it was one of those games that won kind of like the board game of the year or whatever and at the beginning i thought that it was going to be very complicated because of you of what we were saying you look at the instructions and it looks like it's going to be really hard really hard but it's very straightforward mm. again one of those games that at the end you have a b c those are your tasks that's what yeah. you do everyone has a different nation that benefits more on building yeah they're, and they're based on the seven wonders yeah so but some of them are more into a world nation, another yeah. about intelligence, another, and it is a lot of fun. I don't think it's a game that is gonna make you fight with each other. No, because there is like a, a little bit of co-op to it in the sense that you can trade usually with the people to your left or to your right. Mm-hmm. So you can help each other, but just it is co- it is competitive at the end. So be careful how much you exactly. Do. But there are. are, are times i think you're kind of forced to mm-hmm. play it as well so. yes there are times that you're like if you're broke <laughs> yeah and you need money or even if you know it's going to give them points you'll you'll uh, sell stuff to them yes yeah anyway i think it's a very very fun game and as you said it has the just the base game it already has kind of like a hard or, or a more difficult um version okay. so that the the start one is is pretty easy yeah and then you have the other one mm-hmm. but itself the game is not super difficult it's, it's a game that it really i think it, it really states what it, a medium difficulty game yeah is. i think that also it has different expansions not only what we were saying of flipping the card mm. but i think other expansions of of the game or yeah. other versions mm-hmm. like seven wonders game of thrones on typical yeah you know yeah some more versions than expansion yes but but i i feel that is one of those games that if you ever have thought about buying something uh, about uh, for someone that loves board games and you don't know which board game buy seven wonders if they don't have it it's really uh it's a it's an easy one it's very hard to dislike this game unless you like really hate resource games which i know some people do um, yeah. but m- most um most like them and if you want kind of an introductory one this one isn't bad just bear with the rules they, mm-hmm. it is really simple when you when you get past maybe a f- the first playthrough yeah it is as most of these board games, it is really important to be patient, mm-hmm. to see if a situation happens. Let me see. I'm going to check in the rule book. Because once you learn those situations, the games are very straightforward. I remember and I, I remember coming to the house of friends and being like, the first thing being, don't worry, looks very complicated. Let's going to play a game. And after that, when we play other games, it will be all smooth and it, it it is one of those games that the more you play it it's so simple after the first year and and the funnier it gets because you understand so much what is happening mm-hmm. and of course then again is when it, it becomes even better because then you know the strategies that you can follow everyone has their own strategy okay i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna start building 
stuff of different colors. I'm gonna bring yeah, you build can... this. I'm gonna try to focus more on that. So I yeah. think it, it is. So at the same time, though, obviously, if you're playing with someone that's never played before, mm-hmm. you're gonna have a bit of an advantage. I don't think it's one of those resource games where the people who have played it a lot of times have a lot more advantage than people who are just no, starting out. No. There are some resource games that can mm-hmm. be like that, but I think you're pretty safe with Seven mm-hmm. Wonders. And as we mentioned at the beginning, well, you mentioned it when you were mentioning the, the game, mm-hmm. uh, two to seven players. Again, a Citadel, seven players, Citadel is eight players. Good for a big group of people because then there are other games like the next one that we are going to talk about that are a little bit nitpicky with the number of players. <laughs> yeah. Frustrating, I would say. Yeah. I'm going to let you talk about this game. I'm not the biggest fan of it. I do think it's a very good medium level game. Again, a resource game. Mm-hmm. But I know you like it, so I'll let you take the lead. So we are going to talk about Catan. Very I, think, I think everyone's heard of Catan. I think that Catan is one of those games that, of course, is not in the base of Monopoly, Trivial, but still its name is well known. Yeah. You know. Settles of Catan, it is sometimes very frustrating. Sometimes it may be difficult, but the game is very straightforward. Mm. You build roads around resources and you try to gather resources in order to build more roads and build a a better Imperium or settlement or Mm. whatever you want to call it. The game can become very frustrating if the cards that you are getting or if you are not being lucky because sometimes you throw a dice and the the numbers are not on your side yeah and if... i think that's probably why i don't like Catan that much is i i've just never been lucky when i play Catan. I, I get that and sometimes if you play with people that is very very stubborn and is very difficult to negotiate with mm. it can become very very frustrating yeah. i think that board games are great i think but this is a personal opinion of course everyone has the right to play mm. the board games in the way they want to mm. play it but i think that Sometimes, because we are playing a game with friends and all that stuff, you have to be a little bit more lenient. Yeah. And it's not one where like you want to have half of the players being like trolls and not wanting to give you anything. Like I think that just frustrates everyone yes, playing the game. Yes. And I think that Catan is a game that can become really frustrating if that is the situation. Yeah. If you have friends that are a little bit more laid back like you, obviously you're all trying to win. Mm-hmm. But if you have that kind of like, well, you know, I need this, you need this kind of thing, mm-hmm. like it's it makes the game a little bit. Yes, more yes, because fun. it can become difficult sometimes to be like, well, I cannot do anything, I don't have any resort of whatever, you yeah. know, because. But you can add like funny things. Like I've had games where people are like, okay, I'll give you this, but also do a sexy dance. <laughs> <laughs> little silly things. No, like no, that. you can. If you have a good group, it makes Yeah, it you can fun. make your own rules and it's fine. Main problem of Catan, I said it, it is very nitpicky on the players. Three to four players is like... Yeah. It, the group is very reduced on that. It's three to four players only. Mm-hmm. Of course, you have expansions. I think that Catan has very, very different versions, expansions. I think that there are others that are a little bit more laid back on, on the number of players mm-hmm. that you can play. But we are talking about Settlers of Catan, that is the, the base game. Mm-hmm. And that's three to four players. I think that we talk in the beginners games uh, episode about Carcassonne. Mm-hmm. I think it was kind of like my bonus. Yeah, yeah one of your bonus, bonus. Carcassonne and Catan are similar in some ways. Mm-hmm. I prefer Carcassonne. I prefer Carcassonne too. When we were talking about Carcassonne, we said that we created our own rules to make it <laughs> more funny. Yeah. I think that Catan is one of those games 
Yeah, make it your own and it'll become a yes, one. Yes, it can have its own rules. Yeah. Play at the beginning with the rules of Catan because that's the best way to start up. Yeah. But then if you want to play in another way or instead of doing this, let's gonna try to do that and you can do that and I think that the game allows you to do that and yeah. it's not but if you're playing with a rule stickler and there's many of them out there <laughs> maybe don't play Catan yeah, that could be. <laughs> we kind of make it sound a bit negative and we're supposed to be sharing games we like and it's not that we don't like well I don't but I know Carlos likes Catan <laughs> is a really good medium level resource game I think there are others that we've mentioned that are better but it is a classic yes. I think most houses these days have their own copy of Catan. It's one of those very easy board game games because it's in every board game shop or every nerdy mm -hmm. geek shop. So it's really accessible. And it, it is fun if if you enjoy resources. Yes. So. No, and you know, we are here to mention games and of course we are recommending games, but uh, sometimes we will also point out the negative yeah. stuff. And then there are games that we are more fan or less fan. And mm -hmm. we love some games, like mm -hmm. for example, Betrayal is one of our what is your favorite and one of my all-time favorites and Catan is one of those games that we have to point out more the negative stuff because it's one of those games that is not for everyone mm. the same as we said for example in Betrayal that sometimes it can become very complicated and if you don't want to have the per a person that is the betrayer because sometimes you know that typical person that they don't want to be the bad guy one yeah. or they don't want to read a lot because uh, the scenarios and all the stuff then maybe don't play with that, that uh, yeah. don't, don't play with that person that game mm. so we have to point out the negative and the positive yeah yeah uh, katanis if you like games like age of empires for example video games like age of empires you are gonna love katan mm. i think that's kind of like yeah the best way to, way to put it and we have a last game we go to a super so if we were saying katan was a classic we are going to a super classic super classic in yeah. the sense of scrabble monopoly Trivial. Yeah. I think that it's in that level. I don't classic. know about other countries, but definitely almost every household in Ireland at some point has had a copy of this game in their house. If you don't have Catan, you definitely have this game. I'm not sure in Spain, but I know that a lot of people has it. It's very famous and is that game that we mentioned I just mentioned it, like Monopoly. Mm -hmm. It never ends. Say goodbye to your family. It never ends. <laughs> it's like it, it can be you know those people that get around into a table and it's like, oh, today we're going to play eight hours Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. But the thing of this game and Monopoly, maybe it's more than eight hours. Yeah. Maybe it's less. Maybe it's one hour. Maybe you spend the whole Christmas period playing the one game. Yeah. <laughs> so we are talking about Risk. Of course, we could not mention Risk. Risk already has its own stories of people getting stuck there. I think that there's people that are still stuck there since 1956 or something <laughs> like that, and they are still playing a game of Risk. Yeah, probably. Yeah. How to put Risk? If you like war... Yeah, if you like war games where you're fighting each other, yeah, this is yeah, a good war, game. War, Conquer. Yeah. Again, I mentioned with Catan Age of Empires, mm -hmm. I could see an, also an yeah. Age of Empires, but instead of gathering resources to make your civilization... It's build, more the war side. The it. war side, yeah. yeah. I think I this is one of the... I think the only game that I enjoy trolling in. I'm usually the very cooperative player in most mm -hmm. board games. My tactic, I don't care about winning. This is all I care about is Madagascar. You want to get Madagascar? I will go to Madagascar. I don't care about any of my other spots. I will camp out there. Fight me. 
No, for someone that wants Africa, it's a <laughs> difficult then situation. Risk is very fun. Actually, I'm going to tell you something that most people will find, I wouldn't say controversial, but maybe they don't agree. Mm. Risk is the perfect game to play while drinking. Because, I and I will tell yeah, you I why. Forget, I forget so that. I can see a lot of people being, oh, let's play cats against humanity while drinking. Let's play exploding kittens while drinking. Let's play this kind of games of making fun, like mm. Pictionary or... or I do other. love yeah. Pictionary after a few drinks. But... The good thing about Risk is that Risk is a game of, uh, of ladies and gentlemen. It's a, it's a, it's a you know, let's gonna sit and conquer each other, but politely. The thing is like... I don't know what games of Risk you've been playing. <laughs> the thing is, if you start sober and... Well, by the way, I'm not promoting here drinking. Eh? The, 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 that is everyone's responsibility. This is our own arc experience. Yeah. yeah. If you start sitting sober... Mm -hmm. And then, little by little, you as we just, have just been sipping yeah, away, as, but for as, as eight we have hours. said, the, the, the game takes its hours. <laughs> so if you have started drinking a little by little by little, then you can see a full of kamikazes going around. Yeah, I, I do. I do love seeing it descend into chaos. Yes, and that's when risk becomes truly, truly fun. It goes. That's why I said it goes from a table of gent ladies and gentlemen <laughs> to a absolute mad lad chaos. Yeah. It's one of those games that really can become... It, that's an outwar and it can become really frustrating and it can be break families and all that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, it can. It is a version of Monopoly where you will lose relationships. Okay? Yeah. The, Especially if you're playing it really seriously the whole way through. Yeah, there are grudges that have last years because of <laughs> Do risk. you remember that time you took that place from me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, you're always attacking me. Yeah, because I might... Your neighbor is with me. I'm it, trying to take your stuff. In my car said I had to conquer <laughs> Europe. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> Still, it can become fun. Mm. The, the main problem I have for risk, and I will always have, is that as fun as I find risk, after the hour or hour and a half, it already is too long for me. Imagine yeah. if it goes even, you know, longer. The good thing is that we have discovered, well, recently, no, it's, it has been released recently, a version of Risk that is not the board game, it's a card game, that is a Risk Strike, yeah. and it's basically Risk, but with cards. Yeah, and it's more simplified. You're just playing with continents instead of mm -hmm. all the different outposts. Yeah, everything. so it is kind of like easier mm -hmm. and it is not as long yeah it is it, it is shorter much shorter so if you like risk but maybe don't like how long it takes yeah to play. i would say try risk strike mm -hmm. um i don't know if we have mentioned risk is another of those games that has a lot of is good for uh, big groups because mm -hmm. it's two to six players yeah and even if you have a group of imagine that you have 12 players that is a double of six mm -hmm. you can play by by couples or yeah, by partners yes. you know and at the end it's fun, fun to team up with your with your partner yeah like, so you, you both stuff. decide yeah the only problem i find with risk and that's one of the things that well you already mentioned the problem of it being very long okay right, so there's a, a second, <laughs> second problem. problem yeah sorry a second problem and this one, I think it's big, mm -hmm. and I think it's a, the same problem that Monopoly has, mm -hmm. is that if someone goes down very fast yeah. because of how long is the game... Usually me trying to get back, yeah, yeah, yeah. can <laughs> Unless I start with it. <laughs> you, you can have a player sitting there doing nothing for hours, which that's not the fun thing. They become the bartender. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's why, for example, other games like... Betrayal, like Seven Wonders, yeah. like it's more 
if they are if they are faster, no mm -hmm. one gets out of the game yeah. at the first 20 minutes. Yeah. And this is like the same thing as I said, Monopoly or the typical thing that when you it's not a board game, it's a card game, but when you meet people playing poker and it's mm -hmm. like all in at the first five me at the first five minutes is like okay, all in means that you are out in the first five minutes. Yeah. So Bye. <laughs> Bye, you know. So yeah. I'll see you in a week when we're still playing. <laughs> yes. So I find that that's one of the main problems. Yeah, uh, yeah, I get risk. that. It is a family-friendly game in the sense of it's not particularly horror-based. or Like, it's war, so it depends, again, on your feelings about war and yes. how much you want kids to see that. But the gameplay is fine. I played it as a child. <laughs> I haven't tried to go to work. I think anymore. it has kids. Kids version. I I think it does actually. Now that you mention it, so yeah, I, I'm not. The same as Monopoly it. has or Trivial, for example, yeah. or Scrabble have simplified version. I'm, I'm not sure 100. So take this very lightly, but I think that Risk has a simplified version. Anyway, Risk is also great of having different versions, like Game of Thrones, because mm. you have a Risk of Westeros. I think every the, game has a Game of Thrones version now. Yes. Yeah. But also the Lord of the Rings. You have mm. a Middle Earth version. Yeah. The same as. Monopoly, that you have a Monopoly even for Futurama or Dragon Ball or things mm. like that. Um, I've actually played the Game of Thrones version of Risk and it's not bad. It's just conquering Westeros. At the end, the, the game is just yeah. whatever. So Risk has a lot of... So if you know someone that likes board games and likes a lot other things, like someone that is a big fan of... Well, we were saying the Lord of the Rings of Game of Thrones... Mm. This is a good gift. It's like with Monopoly. You're a big Zelda fan. You have Zelda Monopoly. I have, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so those are our main medium level board <laughs> games that we wanted to recommend you this year. Let us know if you have played them already or if you pick them up and start playing. Let us know what you think. At X. Yeah. <laughs> At Nerding Deep. <laughs> yeah. But we're hoping you're enjoying the the start of the Christmas season. You know, it's almost December. Almost. We're looking for Christmas presents. Yes. I think the Amazon Black Friday deals another 27th. So you still have some time, I think. Yeah, maybe. But uh, anyway, I think that board games are always a, a fun thing to to bring us a present and basically we wanted to do this episode before Christmas mm. because I think or we thought that it would be a, a great present if you don't know what to give someone and board games nowadays are becoming more and more popular. Yeah and they're more accessible. There are more mm -hmm. stores that you can go in and get some of these games where it used to be you'd be lucky if you got Monopoly and Scrabble. Mm -hmm. And if you started any easy board games when with our beginner episode we thought that it could be a great idea to bring you to the next yeah. step. So you spent all of Christmas last year playing the light board games. Now it's time to step it up at Christmas this year, bring a new board game to the family dinner and start playing. Yep. And apart from telling us if you have learned about any new board games, if you think that we have missed any board game, medium, easy, hard difficulty, mm. let us know because we love board games. We love to buy and play board games yeah we're both, always looking for recommendations exactly both competitive cooperative we like every single kind of board game so if you think about any type again write let us, us yeah let us know because yeah you will be doing us a favor yeah we're having a pretty relaxed christmas this year mm -hmm. so we have plenty of time for board games yes yes looking forward to it yeah but for now i've been valerie and i'm carlos and it's been nerding in the deep Bye. Bye.